I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. A pounding heartbeat. Heavy breathing. A cold sweat. Fear is one of our most powerful and primitive emotions. Now that the days are shorter and the nights longer, we find ourselves at that time of year when we are at our most willing to give in to our fears and visit the darkest places of our imagination. Welcome to Play Me and our Horror Highlights episode featuring some of the most haunting shows on our podcast. We have a Pandora's box full of horrors and thrillers that we wanted to share with you because we believe listening to scary stories can make us feel a little less alone with our fears. That's why our first pick is Mizuko by playwright Hiro Kanagawa, who is inspired by the Japanese tradition of sharing chilling tales to scare the heat out of you. In this play, a young couple are taking refuge at their lakeside cottage during the early months of the pandemic when an unexpected visitor shows up on a dark and stormy night. Warning, this episode contains strong language and graphic imagery and may not be suitable for all audiences. We shouldn't have come up here. They asked us not to. We're supposed to be sheltering at home. This is my family cottage. We're not bothering anybody and you agreed that it would be good to get away from the city. You need to relax and just get out of your head, Akemi. You're in a fog. I'm not in a fog. I'm actually so clear right now. I mean, I'm aware of things, David. I'm sensing things and feeling things I've never felt before. Like, there's a whole new frequencies and and energies I'm attuned to. I get it. I do. It's the virus and this lockdown. It's messing with all of us. I'm having weird dreams, too. I'm not talking about weird dreams. I've been having this, uh... Uh, what do they call it? Sleep paralysis. Paralysis? What? Yeah, sleep paralysis. Since before we got here, it's like when you uh, wake up, you're awake, right? But you can't move. Have you had that? It's so weird. It's like you're <laughs> paralyzed, and that's what they call it. I googled it. <laughs> what? You. What is so funny? Heard that? You said something in Japanese, and then I you laughed. I heard you. You laughed at me. What did you David, say? You heard it? The voice just now, it, it wasn't me. There's someone else out here. Some thing. Whatever it was that was screaming and the fireflies. David, they weren't fireflies. They Akemi. were. It said Hitodama. Saw fire. People's spirits. And, and just now it said Kanashibari. Okay, that's the Japanese word for this. Uh, this. A sleep thing. When you can't move, it means tied up with chains. It heard what you said, and then you heard what it said. So it's real. There's something out here. It's not just in my head, and it can't be in your head because you don't speak Japanese, and you don't even know what it Kemi, means. Hey, hey. Kemi, settle down, will you? David, I'm but telling sh- you. Shh, take a breath. 
okay? It's like three in the morning. You're spooking yourself and we need to get some rest. You especially. Come on, come inside now. Please. Jesus. It's freaking cold. Babe. Hello. Are you even listening to me anymore? I'll be there in a second. I promise. I'm just... I'm processing something. It's good. It's it's calming me. I'm... I'll come to bed in a minute. Okay. Whatever. What are you talking about? We shouldn't have come here. There's this bad energy. What are you talking about? From the last time we were here, it was so cold and... That's enough. Okay, let's not go there. Can you calm down, please? Okay, now tell me what the hell is going on. That was a clip from Musico by Hiro Kanagawa. Our next play is a dark comedy that just might turn you off fine dining forever. A blogcaster is invited to review a restaurant's reopening after it closed due to the unexpected death of its owner. Here is a little taste of Blue Rare by Kat Sandler. So, when I got in here, I was determined to show I could roll with Hugo. He wanted bleeding fingers, I'd give him that. Perfection? Fine, let's go. And it was scary, but like sort of thrilling like you had to find a way to prove yourself and then you were in and that was that so how did you prove yourself okay you really want to know uh-huh you sure um yes okay so one morning hugo had me on the bandsaw quartering a pig bandsaw didn't have a guard i told him it wasn't safe and he said safe was for girls but he didn't make me i did it i want to be clear about that fuck do i care about safe anyway the blade snapped and took the top of my finger clean off from the knuckles see here Holy shit. Uh, okay. Holy shit, masticators. It's gone. 
She is missing a finger. She is a chef, and she is missing a finger. Well, just the top part hurt like a bitch, but I could still use the hand, and I had to because it was only fucking brunch. Three things you can count on in this world. Death, taxes, and hipster cunts being pieces of shit about how they want their eggs, and it's never fucking scrambled. Sorry, wait. You cut off your finger, and you didn't go to the hospital? No way. Put that shit on ice. Chewed a bunch of Advil, wrapped up the finger. We had to use a full glove. It was like a blood water balloon. And got right back on that grill for 13 hours and did 1,200 covers. It was insane. Insane. Everyone was weeded and my fucking finger wouldn't stop bleeding. Now, this could have been because I'd been out drinking the night before. Thins the blood. I mean, you probably know that. but Yeah, I do. I know that. So at a certain point, probably because I was still a little drunk, I said, fuck it. Let's cauterize that bitch. Cauterize that. Yeah. So we sanitized a cast iron pan. and Oh, I have one of those. Game changer for stew presentations. Yeah. So we heated that up and cauterized my finger. What? Uh-huh. You did? Oh, yeah. But isn't that, like, really bad for the pan because it's porous? porous? So traces of your finger would be in the pan still? Yeah. I wasn't thinking about traces at that specific time. Right, of course, because your finger was gone. Yeah, and I remember thinking when the boys pressed my finger against the iron, like, the sound and the sizzle, they were so perfect, you know? And I blacked out for a sec, but when I came to, it smelled good, like, really fucking good. You okay? Uh, hiccups. So after the last table, I looked at that finger in the Ziploc bag lying in the ice maker. I've Google, right? It's not rocket science. It's math. Appendages have to be reattached 12 hours or less, and my clock was out. Also, you cauterized... <laughs> Sorry, more hiccups. Yeah, yeah. So what did you do? I deep-fried it. What? You... I deep-fried it. You deep-fried your finger? Uh-huh. Like a chicken wing. I dredged it in flour, garlic, salt, and smoked paprika, and then I put it right on the... Oh, don't worry, that's just the skin. What? Ella's making crackling. How's it going? Oh, yeah, okay, sorry, uh, your finger? Yep. I... Oh, oh yeah, no. so I deep fried it. Uh, that's a, uh, no. Yeah, and I tossed it in Manuka honey and Frank's Red Hot. Please. And then, I ate it. You ate your finger. You ate yeah. your own I mean, finger. Not a ton of meat, as you might imagine. I, uh, no. Yeah, I did. Go ahead, you can ask. Ask what? You know. It's okay, you can ask what it tasted like. Everyone does. No. It's kind of gamey, but you know what? It was pretty good. I mean, some of it was the honey and the franks. Honestly, you can't beat that combo. But look here, see? Yeah, can you please take your finger stump out of my face? Sorry. That was from Blue Rare by Kat Sandler. We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. You understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Our next play is a ferocious comedy that involves three generations of women, a chicken, and oh, so much blood. This is from The Three Women of Swatow by Chloe Hung. There was... Um... Someone left a carving knife. It's actually called a scimitar. Not now. 
on the floor. And I, um, there's just so much of it. So much. I, I didn't know what to. Just, just stay still. We don't want to spread the blood too much. Blood. Right. It's. I mean, were you cooking? Was this the chickens when we, you know, with live yes. chickens? For dad? It must be for dad because you're a vegetarian. You haven't eaten meat since you were 13 when your dad died. What is it? Who is it? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god, get it up. It's all over me. It's all over me. Stop, stop, stop. There's no chicken. There's no chicken. What did you do? Mom, what did you do? Oh my god. Oh my god. What? You're sick. You're fuck. I've got to get out of here. Don't go in there. Who's that? Ma, it's me. Ma, let me in. Did you get it? I did. Let me in. I'm almost done. Mrs. Chan will be getting up soon to use the bathroom. You should see this. Where is it? Daughter. Hey, where is it? So many knives. What did second uncle say? They all have that blue dot. Did you speak to second uncle? They're all from the store. Daughter, did you speak to second uncle? He wasn't there. He left the envelope in the mail slot. He wasn't there? Yes, but the envelope was... Everything we need is there. Was there a note with the envelope? No. I thought second uncle would... What's wrong? Nothing. We're on our own now. I thought there'd be more blood. It's in the bucket. <clears throat> You've seen buckets of blood before? Blue Dot, the bucket is also from the store. You really chose the right line of work. I did not choose to be a butcher. It's in me. It's in our blood. That's not funny. No, it's not. All the women in our family are natural butchers. You'll see. Not all. I don't think I want to eat meat anymore. You never liked it in there anyway. Why play in a park like regular children when you have a meat locker and knives? Help me wipe those down. A butcher's knife. I suppose that makes sense. A breaking knife to cut through tough skin, cartilage, and small bones. Cleaver. Sure. Odd. Stop messing around and wipe those down. A boning knife is to separate meat off the bone. And a carving knife is to slice thin cuts of meat. Give me the knives. It's very sharp. Daughter? Does it feel the same as when you're cutting pork? Daughter. Slicing through flesh. Daughter! What? Give me the knives. Oh, right. 
Can I have a minute? For what? I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye. He can't hear you now. I know, but I still want to. One minute. Then we have to move him before people start going to work. That was from Three Women of Swatow by Chloe Hung. Next, we're digging into the archives to bring you a slice of one of our favorite plays, Butcher, the thriller by Nicholas Bion. This thriller features a drugged old man in a Santa hat and military uniform who has been dropped off at a Toronto police station. Around the man's neck is a butcher's hook spiked with a business card that reads, Arrest me. This uniform? Where did you find him? Two kids dropped him off at the station, why? It's a Sujni uniform. Rank of general. General? Well, I didn't mean to demote you to sergeant, friend. This isn't a joke. Sorry? A Sujni general, detective. That's like someone walking in here dressed in a Nazi uniform. A Nazi uniform? Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why do I feel like the odd man out here? You know what she's talking about? I just think comparing a civil war to the Third Reich yeah, is a bit much... live in the Annets? I'm sorry? You're not from Lavinia? No. Not a lot of people know our country even exists, let alone our history. Yeah, but this guy's like Google in real life. And there's nothing civil about genocide. Look, I... I wasn't trying to... I'm not an expert, by any means. I read The Economist... And I have a colleague who's from there who explained it to me once, and he called it a civil war. I bet he did. So the uniform is from the war? Okay, what does this mean? Nichu v. Nichu Rachi. Sounds like I won't tell you anything. I guess it bears out the torture theory. Ask him for his name. Katuse Zavite. Voshenime. Not the talkative type, I guess. Gosh, I'm glad we waited for a translator. Ask him if he knows the two kids who brought him in. He says he doesn't know. Tell him we want to help him, but we need to know who he is first. He doesn't want to say his name. What did he say? He doesn't believe I want to help him. That's all he said? Yes, why? Just seemed like there was more than that. How long has he been in Canada? He's asking if I'm a Sujni or a Desni. Those are the two ethnic groups? Let me guess. He's Sujni... And you're... Desney. Hey! What the... Whoa! Christ, I won't have any of that. Do you hear me? I will not have you threatening people. I'm sorry about that. He hasn't been violent at all. It's fine. I don't like this sudden change in attitude. It may be a mental health issue. I don't get the sense that he's cray-cray. If we believe what his uniform says... You're assuming it's his. It fits him perfectly. You understand that every high-ranking Sujni officer is wanted by Interpol. If he's one, we... hold on. Just because he's wearing a uniform... There's a tattoo as well. Excuse me? All Sujni officers have a tattoo above their heart. Cerberus holding a knife. Look, if it's not there... If it's not there, I won't say another word about it. 
Can you ask him to unbutton his jacket? The legality of all this is questionable. I'm just saying, once a lawyer, always a lawyer. Please. What's a Cerberus? It's a three-headed dog. Right. Let me guess. Latin. Greek, I think. What have happened to plain old English? It, it's tattooed over the heart so they never lose courage in battle. I'm wishing I'd stayed home for this shift. Now, hold on. You're saying this old man is... what, exactly? The uniform, the tattoo, the attitude? Yes. Look, all I know is that high-ranking Sujni officers are wanted for war crimes. Yeah, but he's an old man. The war was 22 years ago. I don't know. Can't you look it up on the Interpol database or whatever? I thought you were an expert. I don't have access here. I'd have to... Look, I got two kids waiting for me at home, so please don't make me go on a wild goose chase. I don't know exactly who he is, okay? But there's only a handful of people he could be. Janimovir Ilich, the Black Wolf, Yorai Plamen, Kazimir Mistyov, the Red Knight, Yosef Zibrilovo, the Butcher. What was the last one? Yosef Zibrilovo? What's his nickname? The Butcher. Our last horror highlight is the real estate thriller Crawl Space by Karen Hines. Who knew home ownership could be so terrifying? Karen bought a tiny coach house in Toronto as a condo alternative, but her dream home turned to nightmare when she notices a mysterious odor wafting from down below. Two weeks later, a fat fly buzzes into the kitchen and hurls itself against the bright window. Then another one. And another. They're coming from inside now. Coming up from underneath. The corpse had been very large, but as Josh confessed, he reckoned they didn't quite get it all. So the maggots that have come to life in its wake will turn into more than 900 flies over the next few days, coming in through cracks I can't find. I count them. I have to. When I call the insurance company again to tell them that the problem is now inside the house, they ask, how many? My insurance company sends a disaster specialist because they now consider my house to be the scene of a disaster. A man who looks a bit like an astronaut shows up, and as he dons his white suit and helmet, he tells me about the murder he cleaned up a few blocks away and says that this is pretty easy by comparison. We chat. He's brave. There are cocktails. We have sex. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't. The insurance company evacuates me while the inside is treated to rid it of the odor and the underneath is ozoned to get rid of whatever pestilence may be left behind. I go to a hotel. I crawl into a bed and stay there for three days. Like an astronaut of inner space, I go inside. I make tiny infinitesimal adjustments and find myself in a new dimension. 
Well, that's our horror highlight reel. Thanks for listening. And if you're starved for more Play Me, we would also recommend the dystopian drama Homeschool by Aaron Shields or the darkly funny comedy Don't Get Me Started by Mark Crawford. Enjoy this spooky season and we'll be back soon to deliver more thrillers, dramas and comedies straight to your earbuds. In the meantime, check out our back catalogue full of award-winning plays by top playwrights. Stay well. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can email us at playme at cbc.ca and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Theatre or Instagram at PlayMePodcast. And if you haven't already, please consider rating and reviewing us. It helps us get our podcast out to more listeners. Special thanks to our CBC producers, Fabiola Melendez-Carletti, Cecil Fernandez, and Tanya Springer. The executive producer of CBC Podcasts is Arif Narani. The senior director of audio innovation is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expec Theatre production in partnership with CBC Podcasts. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.